you have to put on a name tag before you walk in the door. It's required. <laughs> and I'm mildly sure that I'm going to do that at my wedding, too. Hello, and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicki. I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hello. Nice to see and hear you. You too. It is a special day. It is. Because it's the day after my birthday. <laughs> At first I was like, wait, what's a special day? I I will agree with you, but it is a special day. Now, when this comes out, it'll be far past your birthday. We'll just That's true. say that. But currently, you're right. Yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. And I was counting... Um, birthdays celebrations in November and for me in my life once Halloween hits then it's one celebration after another until yeah, New Year's stop. yeah because um, in my life it was my birthday the next week and the following week was my mom's birthday then we had a week of reprieve and then it went th- Thanksgiving and then all of the Christmas Advent things that last for a whole month and into New Year's. So Yeah, and now Dad's birthday is in, in the middle of That's Advent right. and Christmas. Yeah, and I have yeah. lots of friends that are born in November, which makes me think back to what was happening nine months earlier. I yeah, think it exactly. was Valentine's Day. <laughs> Classic. Yes. Classic. Yes. Yep. I wonder what the statistic is on the number of births in November. Like which month has the most births? Yeah. Oh, I bet it's I bet it's November. It used to be that you could track that based less on the like whole year, but um based on when people came home from war. Yes. That was like the big thing. Yes, that was big. But Baby that's boomers. Less trackable right now. Yeah. Well, hospitals must have statistics of when they have oh, yeah, the most births. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, we can probably talk to some of our relatives bet, that are... Yes, our relative that's becoming an OBGYN. Yeah. That is a great question for her. Yeah. Hmm. So we thought with the celebration yesterday and celebrations all around the corner, um, mm-hmm. we could talk about what we do to celebrate things. Yes. What were celebrations like when we were little, when you were little? What are your celebrations like now as an adult? What things do you carry into adulthood? What new traditions have you thought, I want to start that? And how have they changed? What what has influenced how they've changed? Right. Right. I have to say, we were kind of known growing up as being a good party household. (laughs) We throw some great parties. I do. I love to have a theme party. Yeah. Because well, it gives people say. things to do. We we so throw some great parties, but they are the parties that on paper sound really dorky. <laughs> <laughs> but people get there and they're like, wait a minute, this is actually like unadulterated fun. Yeah. Because we're not like, I mean, I wasn't the party girl ever in my life. So like it's not parties the way you think of like high school parties or like tons of alcohol or ragers or like that's not mm. the party we throw we throw the type of party where there is a big theme everything is lovely and color coordinated <laughs> there's lots of tables in our backyard mm-hmm. when you walk in the door there's a little table with a whole bunch of name tags yeah you have to put on a name tag 
before you walk in the door. It's required. And I'm mildly sure that I'm going to do that at my wedding, too. (laughs) I don't know anybody that does name tags at a wedding, but it it might be useful for the rest of the people. It's so useful because, come on, there's so many, especially when we throw, like, a big party, there's more than 40 people there. Like, they're not all from the same aspect of your life. Right. And that's kind of just unfair for them to, like, have to pretend to know each other. It takes away, in my view, a lot of the fun because it it raises my anxiety level to try to remember a bunch of names and stories and faces about people. And, And if it raises mine, I know that it raises other people. So just is a little gesture of kindness to say... I don't care if this is dorky. Let's put a name tag on because, yeah, you're from different social spheres. Yeah. I love one of my favorite things to do when we do name tags is to have a secondary question on the name tag. That's such a good icebreaker. Yes. Because often, especially if it's a birthday or something, we'll do like put your name and then what year it was when you met Vicky. Right. Or, you know, yeah. or where did you, where do you know her from? And then yeah. everyone's going around looking at each other's name tags. Like, when did you learn, meet her? And when did For you? For sure. Yeah. You know? And, and that is awesome. actually it's a total memory cue then. Yeah. Also because that. if yeah. I am like, oh, I met her in 1994. Right. 1994 is so popular now. Everybody's wearing 1994 clothes. I feel totally <laughs> in fashion again. Cause I never left to that era. <laughs> Whatever you wear in college, you kind of like drag Keep. along with you yeah. unless you're a social trendsetter or not I mean a, a, a fashion trendsetter um, so uh, I, I do like that it helps remember and it, it, yeah. it does create stories and break ice and things like that I do think that's fun I think like if I was to think about my strengths I, I like to have a theme to a party because I like to learn something new I like to have a, a reason to do things also but for me I don't love and feel great at small talk oh that's so, true some people are like really good at small talk yeah and those people are fun to be around and to be in their midst because they always have another question if there's mm-hmm. one prayer that I pray in my life regularly it's like God please give me more questions to ask people because <laughs> I don't I sit there and I'm kind of like I don't know what to say. And then I have other people walk up and, you know, there's to dad. He always has a question to ask people. Yeah, dad people is one of I'm those people. Like, oh, that would be a great question. That didn't occur to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that gives people an opening. My parents used to call me the cruise director. And oh. it's kind of funny to me. We went on a cruise this summer. And, yeah, that's interesting. Um, the cruise director. Well, it was because the... TV show Love Boat was out in the 80s when I was Mm -hmm. a kid, and Mm -hmm. that was Saturday night viewing for my family. It was a scheduled scheduled family date in front of the TV. Uh, Julie McCoy was the cruise director. So the cruise director we had on this ship, she was funny. She was very much like the cruise director in the TV show. I mean, just like running things... Funny. Nice little quips. She's got a little her little script. She's got plenty of information. Yeah, says it every week. Always kind of on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So I don't really, I mean, if it's my party, I feel like that, but I like to give people activities to do together. I guess maybe because... That's true. That is the part that is very cruise director. Yeah, I know. Because we do love to give little activities. We used to do lots of like stations at birthday, birthday parties. Yeah. I don't like that uncomfortable feeling of standing around not knowing what to say to someone and I like giving them something to do so when you're little it's like uh it's like the preschool activity here come in and here's a coloring page yeah right 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 (laughs) or here's a little glue stick stamp thing to put together yeah uh I mean when you were really little I think we went to the park Sometimes and you would play on the park equipment and things like that. Yeah, that makes a good party too. So there's lots of different parties that connect, obviously, like to different occasions and such. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, one of the things that I for sure um, take into my life now is actually more of more of a spirit of celebration versus a day. Of the mm. year celebration, mm-hmm. um, because sometime in the middle of my childhood, you introduced something called Sabbath reflections mm. to us as a family. Mm-hmm. Which uh, for a while we used to do every week because yeah. that, of course, is what makes it a Sabbath reflection. The Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, the day that you rest, and um, you asked us as a family to sit down and color just like colored pencil blank piece of paper just write down or whatever draw out the highlights of your week Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people do this in a different way and I I know that as a kid sometimes it was I was it was a little begrudging you know (laughs) to come around the room like okay we have to all sit at the table and like do the sabbath reflection but talk about intentional but everyday celebratory acts Mm-hmm. It was such a good way to just like connect with each other and really take an extra moment to think about what do we appreciate in our lives and and to celebrate those small everyday things. Yeah. And since then, we have made it, we don't obviously live together or do that so consistently, but still usually like New Year's Day or just around New Year's, we'll do like a year reflection in the same mm-hmm. manner. Mm-hmm. And I think about it pretty often when there's a big milestone. I'll say, oh, I have to go to, I have to, go to a Sabbath reflection. And mm. I'll just put it in my journal or something. Because it is, it is a, little, a little celebration of what's happened so far. It is. That is that's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. I'm glad that that has stuck. I, I was really struck when I read, I read a book on time management. And it... Uh, it was relating that, um, I don't even remember what it was called, but it, it said that on the seventh day, God, uh, rested and he looked back at what he had created and said it was good. And so that was the concept to think about what was good in my week last mm-hmm. week. I've tried to take that into my parent education classes with something I call grab gratitude Um, Because there's all this new neuroscience research about the health uh, benefits of being grateful. Yeah. And so, uh, and intentionally creating rituals in your life 
that are um, cultivate gratefulness. So I, it's funny. I when I hear the word ritual at first, I think that's weird. I don't. What is right. that? But right. <laughs> um, but a, a ritual is something that you do at kind of a set time, and it it it's it. It's, I would think of it in the past as a routine, but well, a habit. Uh, yeah, a ri- a ritual is that it's like a little bit something special and yeah, right. unique. So I'm I'm not as like put off by that. I think when I first heard the word ritual, it was too liturgical or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> high church or something to me, and I was like, I don't know what this is. This is weird. But mm-hmm. um, now um, I see the benefit of adding rituals into life, like like that pausing to draw a picture of gratitude and. Uh, yeah. Are there other ones that you do in the spirit of celebration during the week? Um, each week, well, let's see. I guess, like, the more that you stretch celebration, the more that we can talk about. We used to do thankfuls every night, which is that same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Where, what are you thankful for? And we'd just, like, list off what we're thankful for. And I don't do that every night, but I am... I kind of do, actually. I, they, actually, it isn't quite so long as it used to be. <laughs> but I totally, I like, it's like hardwired within me to go to sleep with mm-hmm. a little prayer, a little thank you for the day. Mm-hmm. With a few specifics, a few specific people. Hmm. It's equally as hardwired in my brain to sing to myself when I wake up Aww. one of our morning songs. <laughs> yeah, you know that me, makes I'm me always happy. a singer. Yes. Always a singer. And usually it literally it is in my head. It's like right the very first thing that I wake up thinking. Is it? What is it? It's usually, good morning, God, this is your day. I am your child. Show me your way. Mm-hmm. I think that in my head, too. Yeah. Usually in the morning. I'll just say it. Good morning, God. Yeah. This is your day. I am your child. Show me your way. I I love the... It's it's deep and simple theology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right it kind of just surrenders you from having to be the the final answerer for what happens in the day. Right. Yeah. I read so. a Mister Rogers quote last week that said, "I would rather be uh, sh- deep and simple than shallow and complex." Oh yeah. So that's great. That probably could be said of me a lot of the time. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So, what are things that there's been a few birthdays that you have spent as an adult mm-hmm. that I haven't spent with you? So, what are mm-hmm. anything fun that you have incorporated into your adult birthday celebrations, or they've been different every time? Well, one thing that I've noticed as I got older is uh, just how much work you and dad would put in (laughs) to Hmm. the birthday parties. Because as a kid, you're just like, wow, I have this amazing birthday party. Um, So as a young adult, it is easier to to see the amount of work that you've put in and be like, wow, that was, I so appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to do that much work (laughs) (laughs) this year for myself. Um, Sometimes I do, and I really love playing host. Hmm. Um, so 
that's interesting. But ironically, I think, I don't know if this is ironic. I don't know why that word came out. But anyway, often my birthday actually is spent with you, even though I've had some yes. adult birthdays. Because, because of when it's it in falls. the summertime. Yeah, August. So through all of college, I was always home in August. Mm-hmm. In the last like six ish years, I haven't really done big things for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I guess the biggest in that sense would have been my 21st birthday because I happened to be in New York. Yeah, I had just, it was like literally the last week, the last day of my program, my acting program. I went to an acting school here for the summer. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, when you're in acting school that many days a week, that many hours a week with these people, they become fast friendships, fast family right away. Mm-hmm. Even if they aren't like long lasting, it's really deep in that time. Mm-hmm. So, and I am a by the book type of girl who wasn't a partier and just wasn't particularly interested in that. So I was among the the minority who really hadn't had much alcohol at all before she was 21. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a pretty, pretty, uh, real legal drink. (laughs) Mm. So all my friends who of course were a little bit more wise to the world were like, all right, we're going to take you out. Didn't and take we went much. to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no. I'm all, probably always going to be a lightweight. But we went out to a, a Mexican restaurant. And we had margaritas and Mexican food. Mm. And they were just so... I mean, theater people are so boisterous and wonderful in that way for a celebration. Yeah. So they were so loving. And they, like, bought me my dinner and made a big deal of it with the, the server so that mm-hmm. she brought out this, like, awesome cake with candles. and How fun. I, I have a few pictures from that day, and the glee on my face is, like, so <laughs> indicative of what that summer meant to me. Because mm. just the whole summer, I mean, we've talked about bef- a few weeks ago, like, the hardness of that summer. That is a summer yeah. that I say was the worst summer of my life. I, like, feel like I didn't have an identity at all in yeah. other ways. But acting was steadfast. It was kind of grounding. It was so grounding. It was like, I, here's a place where there's other people who are going to make space and ask you to make space for yourself Mm -hmm. and to dig deep and have a safe place. It was so grounding. So to come from that kind of grounding, safe place and then be celebrated in it was so awesome. It's such a odd juxtaposition because acting you think of I'm putting on a mask Mm -hmm. I'm playing somebody else but in the particular acting school and I think all good actors they are asked to dig like you said dig deep and find what little part of who you truly are will you add into this so that your life comes through your mask yeah, it's, mo- it's more like pulling back layers than it is putting on masks. Yeah, so you really had to explore that. Yeah. yeah. And that you did that for six weeks, was that? Took club? a lot of vulnerability. Was, yeah, yeah, six weeks. Yeah. And that was the end of it. So, yeah, you did know it each other It was literally the last day. Then. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have the distinction of being in Venice, Italy on my 21st birthday. I've never heard this story. I what was, did you do on your 21st birthday? <laughs> I was on my a sophomore in college. I was on my study abroad tour. You were a sophomore in college when you were 21? Yeah. What? Were you a junior? 
or a senior. You were going, going to into be my a senior, senior year. Wow. Yeah, I was on the older side. You were on the younger side. Maybe I started kindergarten later than you did. Who knows? I don't know, I don't know how that works. Um, because, uh, yeah, so the fall of my sophomore year, I went to the University of Minnesota my freshman year, which was super fun. I loved it. Um, but then my mom and dad, my dad took a job in California where he became a president of a manufacturing company. And, you know, I thought everybody lived on the beach in California, so I should probably move to California. I was sorely <laughs> disillusioned when I got here, but it was okay because I was studying abroad in the fall with Eastern Michigan University, and we were a class that traveled around. So we met for the first time in Chicago, I believe, and got on the airplane and flew to Brussels. That's where mm. we met. And there was like 20 of us and four or five or six professors. And we were from all over the country and we met each other and like had to be like, okay, I'll be your roommate. I don't, I just met yeah. you. <laughs> it was weird. Um, and we went to 18 countries, 45 cities in four months in a semester. It was really incredible. So by November, we had been on our trip a long time, like three months. We were just one month left, the beginning of November. And we were in Venice, Italy, and I I had gone um, in one of those gondolas on the rivers around Venice and, you know, over the Bridge of Sighs and St. Mark's Square where all the pigeons are. And it was cold, but not super cold. It was kind of like California. It was like 50s cold. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and that night, you know, we had some good Italian pasta. And I think I had a glass of wine. And then I was free. In Europe, yeah, there's the In drinking Europe, age is not the same. It's true. By 18, you can yeah. drink. So. But I was on a shoestring budget. So spending yeah, money on alcohol wasn't something I did. There was... <laughs> A fellow from Iceland who decided to fill his suitcase with beer steins oh my because that was what he was going to take home as his souvenir back to Iceland. Mm-hmm. And he progressively, I mean, we had one backpack that we carried around. That's all we could carry. We right. had, and it was like a travel backpack. We were like the total classic tourist geeks and um so we would carry around our backpack and he progressively threw clothes away and gave clothes away in fact for many years i think i just got rid of it i had a a skin a icelandic sweater of his that he gave away because he didn't have room in his suitcase for his beer oh my god What in the world? <laughs> and so by the end of the trip, I don't know how they didn't all break. <laughs> a lot of them were like steel. Um, but it was funny. So there was a lot of drinking. Other people on our trip did spend all their spending money on yeah. a German beer or whatever was right. the alcohol. Um, Uzo in Russia, which tastes like black licorice Uh, (laughs) or grease and um yeah there was a lot of drinking went on but I didn't really I wasn't into that either like you and Mm -hmm. so I did celebrate on my 21st birthday in Venice wow what a cool story and that in some ways is similar because it is like a group of strangers that by the end yes we're like really really close for that little season 
Totally. Yeah. We knew each other really well. We had to figure out interpersonal dynamics. Yeah. We paired off and we're like, I'm always rooming with you. I'm never rooming with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. How many that people were on the trip? I think there was twenty or twenty eight students and about That's a big group for that four, kind of trip. Um, we had a poli-sci, a history, an art history, and a literature instructor, and a tour manager. Wow. So it was really fun. I loved yeah, it. that's awesome. I remember you saying growing up that Christmas was an interesting time for you because Dad's family has a million traditions. They do. They have but big ones. the Conways don't so much. Or you, you didn't feel so tied to them. Mm-hmm. So you created a tra- tradition for our family. Sunday, uh, Christmas morning. Yes. It was around my favorite foods. <laughs> yes. That's the best. Tra- so. The best traditions are always around food. Yeah. I'm convinced. So as a newlywed, I learned how to make caramel rolls. And I think I did it the first time with... Grandma Joe, Dad's mom, oh, okay. and um, but it was a just a Betty Crocker recipe, and I, we made it by scratch for the first time, and then eventually I got a bread maker, and so I do use a bread machine to do like the first rise, which mm-hmm. is pretty easy. I probably don't don't need to, but I just do that, and um, so I, I the night before Christmas Eve, I typically would make the caramel rolls and put them in the pan and let them rise on the stove overnight. So in the morning, they just bake for half an hour. And then we loved bacon. Yeah. (laughs) Daddy and I totally loved bacon. Daddy's now a vegan and I'm like 97% a vegan. (laughs) I don't think we'll be eating bacon anymore. He stopped eating pork a long time ago. We have family... That has been vegan for years, and they've been doing all the Norwegian food traditions and all those things vegan. We used to totally make fun of them. And I think we're going to have to do that this year. Ah! Shock. Ah. Oh, I'm not kidding. Daddy just found in the Trader Joe's frequent flyer, fearless flyer, um, the vegan turkey roll. And he said supplies while only while supplies left. So do you know where he went right now? He went he to went go to Trader get Jones. some so that he could he doesn't miss out. <laughs> he is our best customer, I'm convinced. <laughs> it's his favorite place to visit. He's our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to read the Fearless Flyer. Yay, it makes me happy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yes, he went there. So, He's Christmas morning, our yes. turkey roll, our vegan turkey roll. Jeez. Oh, we have we have caramel rolls. They're so deluxe and delicious. And lots of bacon and pineapple. Pineapple, yes, because I love pineapple. So and we really, took that's a, l- a great mix because the pineapple is so. I don't know how you thought of that particularly, but it's so just, acidic and it cuts the deep fat of the bacon and the caramel, and it makes a great meal. It's very refreshing. And then we usually add scrambled eggs just to yeah b- fill it out, so we don't have like a, this crazy sugar crash <laughs> sugar forever because it's too much sugar. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when we went dancing this summer yeah. at Broadway Dance Center, and afterwards we went to Schmackeries. Oh, that's right. Schmackeries cookies. My whole, favorite in New York. Whole cookie with frosting on it. I was like so jittery the rest of the day mm-hmm. because I don't eat that much sugar normally. It was so amazing. But it's pretty impressive, honestly. It's like a little. 
uh, I'm, I'm a little envious because that just means that you've been been really good with with your sugar otherwise, <laughs> which I don't know that I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's Christmas morning. Um, Dad is really big and bold with his Norwegian tradition of making klub the night before, which is a is a poor man's Norwegian poor man's meal of a potato yeah. ball with a little meat in the middle. We changed from pork to a turkey or a chicken thigh roast. The yeah. the main flavor in the meat is allspice. So right. this year, he'll probably put tofu in. Tofu and allspice. I don't know. We can't have tofu in the middle of our... (laughs) Uh. Well, I don't know. So we have have cousins that are vegan, and they put carrots in the middle, and that might be just as bad. Oh, uh, cooked carrots? Yeah. With allspice? It has to be be firm enough. That's the thing. No, honestly, I think we could do it with tofu. I mean, maybe like a nicely pan-griddled... Tempeh, yeah. In the allspice, we'll definitely have to think about it. We might. We'll have to have some experimental ones. Yeah, I don't know how we'll have the crazy difficult it is to create your own vegan sausage. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He does do uh, vegan sausage. Oh, Oh, I can imagine that. Him slicing up a vegan sausage, but the the allspice flavor is like the kind of important flavor. So. We're going to have to think about that. Good thing we're having this conversation. I know. Hmm. I mean, for a minute, I was like, wait, should we stop so we can have a different Christmas episode? But I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. What You know my favorite holiday because hmm. um, because I call it the non-obligatory giving holiday is 4th <laughs> of July. True. I forgot you love 4th of July. I enjoy 4th of July as well. It's a Probably because it was so celebratory in our house because you love it. Yeah, it's centered around things outside yourself, so it doesn't involve, like, people giving to other people. It just involves celebrating the country. Mm -hmm. It usually involves a parade. It involves patriotic music that you crack out once or twice a year. It involves the fireworks, and it usually involves a really fun picnic, sometimes a lazy afternoon swim or nap or movie in a cool Mm -hmm. theater because it's so hot. Um, so yeah, some, some, there was like a string of 4th of July's when we would sit at home and watch an old war movie of some sort. Oh yeah. Dad likes to crack out the, the context. Bridge over the river Kwai. Yes. Or some good whistling. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then the fireworks. One year we've done different things for fireworks. One year we, um, sat on our roof (laughs) Because we were going to try to see fireworks all around us. But it turns out our roof is not elevated enough. And yeah, all we, we could really do see anything. was hear the popping and like low on the horizon every now and then we saw a little arc of fireworks. So we decided that that was really what John Adams and really Abigail Adams heard during the Revolutionary War. Is all they heard was popping and cannons and they didn't see any show. Honestly, that was that's one of my favorite Fourth of July memories, and we talked about it pretty recently. And you and Dad were both like, "Oh, that was the, such a wash," and I was like, "What? I loved that <laughs> because in my memory, I didn't have the expectation. Or I don't remember having the expectation of really seeing the fireworks. I just remember kind of being in the middle of that moment, and Dad like 
in depth describing the Revolutionary War because he loves it and he's read so many books on it. Yeah. And the actor in me was like, yes, let's do this. Let's sit here and pretend to really be in the Revolutionary War. And like, what would that have felt like? And I was so into it. Well, if we had all gotten into it like that and told the story and reenacted it, I can imagine that being a lot more fun. But when you're sitting there with regret going and pining yeah. away for, this is not what I want to be doing right now. <laughs> so that is a really good lesson into here, the learner in me, always restorative. Mm-hmm. What can we, well, how can we improve this for next how time? How can we make this better? Um, let go <laughs> of those expectations and just get on board with the, this is this is the new grate, and the new grate is sitting on our roof, our flat roof, and not being able to see anything. But if we had <laughs> pretended, if we had climbed up to the peak of the roof and pretended the redcoats were around the corner, how yeah. much more exciting would that have been? Oh, yeah. We could have, like, held up a little candle and read about Paul Revere or something. At one point in time, I was going to memorize all of that Paul Revere poem. Uh, Maybe I will someday still. It's pretty long, though. Well, our 4th of July this year was really epic, and I super enjoyed that a lot. I would do that again. You've already forgotten about it? (laughs) (laughs) We were standing on the backside of the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That one met my expectations because I got to see all the fireworks I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great, great time. I promise it was great, and I do remember. It was a little (laughs) stressful getting up there because we thought we were going to be stuck behind the huddled masses yearning to be free uh, getting on the bridge, and they were only letting through 50 at a time, and it was getting closer to the nine o'clock time and finally we broke free and we got around the corner and we were turns out we were behind the front side of the show but we still could see beautiful fireworks and beautiful cascading fireworks off of the brooklyn bridge Mm -hmm. which was really spectacular yeah it was gorgeous it was super fun it was one of those things that like i definitely don't have to do every year but it's Mm -hmm. good to do it once and we did it yeah we like did the full thing we stood in there with all the crowds got onto the Brooklyn Bridge or next to it yeah. to watch all the fireworks. And then we came home and watched them again on the TV, which is great because you get the best, best of both worlds. Yeah, and we would say, there we are. We're right there. And I mean, we were really there watching it and mm-hmm. got to tell our own stories and be in among the people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, fireworks are best to music. Right, and we didn't have so music. when you go home when you go home and watch them on TV, it's like oh, like this is literally what it's staged for. So all right. the songs, like you're like oh, that's what that went meant, and that's why there was a rainbow here, and that you know, mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> so that was fun. We got to see it twice, pretty much. I think there was like they try to do that now that sync the app, get the app, and then you can hear the recording. Oh yeah, with we were supposed it. to listen to it on whatever radio but station. But what happens in any mass? situation with a lot of people with their cell phones is the cell lines get jammed right and nobody can listen to anything yeah Uh, we went to the women's march a couple years ago and we were trying to meet up with people and they must they were probably 200 feet away from us we couldn't see them and we were like occasionally we would get a call through and we were like we're on this intersection and this intersection and then we were hardly moving it was a march but we were moving like one inch yeah. <laughs> Every five minutes. Um, we could never meet up with each other because the cell lines were too jammed. and Crazy. So 
technology, when we rely on technology. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what the walkie-talkie is for, <laughs> which I got for our emergency boxes. Yes, yes. That's good. It's an important thing. So anything new that you've reincorporated into your adult life there? I don't think I've found enough consistency in my life to have incorporated anything. Mm. I I love... I mean, that's what's nice about the Sabbath reflection is you could do it anywhere. Yeah. But I haven't really lived with the same people each year, and I'm in a different place every year so far. So the things I love most are being with family, and I really love baking, and that's kind of it. something that you'd have brought to all the different venues that you've been at on one holiday. Can you think of what it is? Are you thinking about Easter? Yes. Easter is my favorite (laughs) holiday. Mm. I love it, particularly because of my faith, because it is a really special day in the Christian calendar. It's the reason that we are Christians. Yep. And um, it's it's joyful in such a deep way. Mm-hmm. Christmas is exciting and like so fun and also has like a lot of meaning for us as believers. Yeah. But um, the depth of joy for Easter and and what it means in like our heritage as Christians is really huge. Um, so I love that. But also we have some great traditions within our family. And one of them <laughs> is the Easter egg fight. Yes. Which sounds dangerous and isn't. <laughs> and you take like, everywhere. throw Easter eggs at each other? I yeah, I didn't do it last year and I was so bummed. I don't know if I'll do it this year. I, I kind of hope I can bring it back. We'll just see what my where were you on Easter? Things do. Last year I was here in in New York with my church family, and we went to church, and then we went out to oh. a big barbecue lunch. Yeah. And then by the evening, I was just exhausted, and my, my roommates were not ex- interested in doing it. I don't know. Like whenever you're bringing your own th- thing you love to other people, it's like always nerve wracking. Like what if they don't like it? And mm-hmm. so I just mentioned it enough times and they were all like, yeah, but never really latched on. Yeah. So we didn't do it. But in in college, I brought the Easter egg fight to college and to my delight last year, without me there, they did it oh. of their, on their own. It's like part of their Yay. tradition now That's too. That's so fun. <laughs> That's, that's, that's how things get passed down. Man. So that's cool. here's how it works. I'm sure we'll explain this again when it's actually Easter. You get a whole bunch of hard boiled eggs, hard boiled and decorate them as you do. Cause Easter, yay. And then you get a nice big group of people together and you make a good old bracket mm-hmm. just like whatever sports game you play. Yep. And, um, one to one. You head off, you each pick an egg, keep your elbow on the table just like an arm wrestle, mm-hmm. and three, two, one, egg fight, you tap the two eggs together. And mm-hmm. inevitably, one of them indents and the other stays intact. <laughs> and then the, the egg that's still intact is the winner. But you have two sides to your egg, so the egg that's not intact goes to the losing bracket and they get a second chance on their second side of their egg. And sometimes and you go through the, the whole second losing side- bracket... Yeah, can. and the whole winning bracket. Yeah, then the 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 person, the top loser, and the top <laughs> winner, go head to head. Square off at the end, and that loser. And sometimes the loser can wins. Win. Can win it all. Uh, we and used it's to such have a, a simple funny game. trophy that we passed on, but we don't always have everything. Sometimes we have like a big 
yeah, sees sometimes candy, there's a prize. A sees candy chocolate something. egg or something like that. I mean, growing up at home, our Easter parties were like 40 people big. Yeah. And we would spend over an hour playing egg fight. Yep. But it's so fun. Like, it's such a simple game. So you think like, all right, we'll just keep tacking eggs together. But there is an odd amount of anticipation that comes with <laughs> like trying to tap these eggs together. And when you're in a big group of people, like from church, there's all generations. So yeah. you pair the 70-year-old with a two-year-old and it's just the best. It's super fun. It's so fun. Low yeah. stakes, high reward. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good You do have to do a little planning ahead. A little, not, yeah, you got to make all the eggs. You got to make the, the day before or something. Um, but it is, it's a really fun one. So fun. Yeah. Well, those are some great celebrations and rituals that we carry around with us wherever we go. Yeah. And some that are special in in their space. They, they sort of shape us into who we are. Mm-hmm. And they, they say a lot about what we value, which I think for us is relationships and community Mm -hmm. from big parties and activities to just reading a name tag. (laughs) It's just as important. Feeling comfortable because you know someone's name. Because you know someone's name. We all want our name to be known and that is an easy way to do it. Thanks for letting me celebrate you yesterday, Mama. Thanks for celebrating me. I had a great time. It was a good celebration. I decided I needed a, like a real celebration on my birthday. So I invited seven friends over, all different ages, mm-hmm. which was fun. And I said, we're going to play the birthday party game, which I learned from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a game. <laughs> it's where you go around and you say what you like about the person. And then the birthday person says what they like about themselves and something they're pleased that they did last year and a place that they want to grow and do something new in the year to come. That's so an important practice. It was really special. And the women that I invited had actually thought about it. <laughs> and they awesome. all had a word, a special word for me. And um, one woman uh, makes origami cranes. And mm. she made me a giant origami crane with a word on it. And her word for me was strong. Wow. And she's part Japanese, so she put a, a, a the symbol for strength on it, and it means uh, through the struggle comes strength hmm. was the symbol. And it was so beautiful and very special and memorable. So I awesome. appreciated that that birthday celebration. Yay. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm excited to celebrate with you. Some more in these coming months. Yeah, and we hope that any of these ideas can be shared around and passed on through the oral tradition to other people. Yeah, definitely. It's fun to pass them along. Yeah. I love you. Hug. I love you too, Mom. Hug. High five. five. (laughs) Bye. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.